Shut up, I love it. I am going to kill you with my little fins. Shut up, I love it. And I am Joe Cabello, the most evil person in the world, or so I thought. And I am here with... Sasha Filer, the most happy saccharine person you've ever met <laughs> as you know uh this is shut up i love it a podcast when we invite a special guest maybe returning guest to talk about something someone something <laughs> you had it so, the last time we recorded <laughs> no, you no, had no, it no. so down someone thing that's underrated <laughs> underappreciated forgotten misunderstood canceled a little too early hello a little spoiler here for mm, you cancel culture <laughs> joining us today <laughs> she's a writer director a sketch comedy and improv performer and uh, she currently resides in los angeles y'all welcome back shana holmes thank you so happy to be back on the pod we're happy to have you for something you know you came you came hot with a category last time and now you've done a totally different category yeah, I don't think there's anything in common with uh, the I Ching. <laughs> Shayna, what is the second interest that you're here to talk about? Uh, it's Making Fiends, this wonderful TV show. Um, it's about this uh, very earnest and naive girl named Charlotte uh, and the evil girl Vendetta who plots her end uh, and fails. Spoiler. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we don't know because the show was canceled too early, right? That's true. It could have ended with... Mm-hmm. For being killed at them. That's why True. they canceled it. Yeah, they were like, oh, we can't, but we want to, so we might as well kill it instead. It, this ran for, what, eight episodes on Nickelodeon? Yeah, it, w- like it was a web series first, and then it became a TV show. Um, but they combined, so like what was three web series became one episode. Mm. So it's... Um, Lazy. Yeah. <laughs> Lazy way to make a show. Just take what you already made. Come on, no, I'm just mm-hmm. kidding. But uh, uh, how did you find out about the show? I, you know, that's a great question. Um, I don't know. We didn't. We didn't really have TV growing up. We didn't Ooh. have cable. Let's get into that. No TV at all. We we had it, but we didn't. Not the paid cable. So we just had whatever came okay. on. And this, all I right. think, would have been on Nickelodeon. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. My, maybe my sibling told me. Uh, from one of their friends. Yeah, we always were getting the secondhand TV knowledge. Oh yeah, so you're you're just now finding out about uh, Blue's Clues. Yeah, or, or something <laughs> to that effect. And this was what 2008 or something like that. Yeah, that sounds right. I should I should know. Yeah, all the no, I'm here to tell I, you all. It is 2008. Obama was about to become president for the first time. I was about to meet my now husband world was a different place i'm just letting you know and crude animation like this was apparently all the all that anybody cared about right because all the rage yeah yeah all the rage they they they, because i think the daughter of some nickelodeon exec exec saw the web series she loved it and the show got picked up yeah, so I have a new plan. I'm just going to stand outside LA schools with my scripts mm-hmm. and try and... It seems to be the way in, just targeting children. 
It a, it <laughs> really <laughs> really is. If you can get the kid of someone important to co-sign you, you're already That's all you you're need. done. Whenever the hearts of it, it yeah. hasn't worked out with me with marijuana sales, but <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, you know cartoons it would definitely or work. DMT. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it doesn't work with that. And this, I actually didn't have cable as well in this era. Um, but only because I was in college and uh, couldn't afford it. So uh, feeling my age at this point. With no, the, I, I, with this. I was I was in college then, oh, too. Okay. I, have, I have no When you said my family time. didn't have kids, I'm like, okay, I guess you were a child <laughs> when this show came out. And here I am graying and crusting <laughs> as we speak. And I did not have a TV by choice at the time living in New York City and thinking why do I need a TV I live in New York City I was very obnoxious back then watching yeah. a lot of off-Broadway I think that's what you were doing <laughs> sure <laughs> getting drunk a lot of that New York is good for drinking mm-hmm. just so you know um, so why is this well first of all why do you love this show and two why is this a good topic for Shut Up I Love It um, I love how weird it is like the absurdity um I think the thing I love the most is Charlotte and Venda's relationship. And it never gets old to me where uh, Vendetta tries to, she comes up with a new fiend, which is a monster that um, is like meant to target Charlotte. And then Charlotte uh, thwarts it because she's just so oblivious. Um, And Vendetta's reaction, like she gets so mad. I don't know what it says about me that someone getting so upset makes me happy, (laughs) but it brings me a lot of joy. Is it uh, that she's so evil, too, getting thwarted? Is that part of it for you, you think? Yeah, maybe it's that. But, you know, even when it's like Buttons, the little hamster, that's terrified. I love that, too. I love <laughs> I love the rea- I think it's like how oblivious Charlotte is and the damage that she causes. Like more than Vendetta, who is has malicious intent. Charlotte just wreaks havoc by accident. I think we just need to give the audience just a little more context for this show. Like, what is this tone? And because uh, I feel like, and I'm already answering the question that I posed, like, why is this a good topic for Shut Up, I Love It? Because probably people don't know about it, right? Is that? Yeah, an eight episode show. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it <laughs> happened. Or six mm-hmm. episode. I'm going to say eight. I'm going to disagree with you All just right. to be we'll, contrary. We'll never know because <laughs> no. we'll never look it up. Yeah, there's no way to. <laughs> um, yeah, because... I feel like it's important to like realize that the show like it's hard to even figure out who is it for, like what the age category it's. For. What do you what do you think, Shana? Um, you know, I feel like it's it's like Edward Gorey. Do you know him? Like the really yeah. dark children's stories. Mm. There, it's like he has a book about the ABCs, and they're all about children dying in different ways. Oh yeah, yeah, I do actually. I heard in an interview. With or about him on Fresh Air. I listen to my Terry Gross. <laughs> That's where I get my No TV and Fresh Air. But yeah, so it's it's pretty dark. And like the, it's it has like a feeling of like a post-apocalyptic like setting, right? The animation is mm-hmm. crude. It reminds me of my hometown where I grew up where there's just like a lot of uh, exhaust everywhere from factories or... Uh, you know, there's nothing green. It just kind of looks crappy and depressing. And the school itself is just looks like, uh, I don't, it doesn't even look like a real school. It's just like five doors and one of the, behind yeah, one sad. of the doors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like a Mr. Mr. Milk is teaching his class and he's terrified of the children. But it turns out the, the, the force that most 
most likely to have made this place that way is Vendetta, right? Like, mm-hmm. like she, they don't call her ever a witch, but she really is a witch, right? Who creates these monsters, fiends, and she has terrified the entire town to the point where nothing is functional there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's called Clamberg, um, and she just made it all her interest. So she loves, like, there's clam ice cream, in the school oh. cafeteria, they only serve um, grape juice and clams because they're her, and beef jerky. They're her favorite mm. foods, like no vegetables. <laughs> <laughs> she closed down the toy stores, so she just made she just got rid of everything she didn't like. Um, and I think I don't know if you watched the second episode, but she shrunk her parents so they're the size of hamsters and they live in a cage. And which makes me think that you can't watch now. Like I can't watch solar opposites without thinking about it because solar opposites there's like a huge storyline like b story of shrinking of humans and then creating a world of shrunken humans in like a window display by the aliens um so like just the whole shrinking thing i was like well i i don't know this there's been more shrinking than than that than probably making in making fiends but that for some reason made me think that like maybe solar opposites watch the, the creators watched it um mm-hmm. and were inspired by it because it is a cool thing to have shrunken parents mm-hmm. it's the dream I, it's the dream <laughs> truly i've been trying for years but <laughs> uh i i feel like all these things um learn from each other though because she worked on south park the creator before this and they said that mr milk is like one of the characters on south park um, yeah, the, I, the school stuff does kind of feel South Parky or the classroom mm. uh, situations. Yeah, I feel like everyone's just getting from, you know, from everyone else. Like it's all just building off of, I guess that's art. True that. Uh. This <laughs> reminds me a lot of uh, like Looney Tunes, like uh, Coy- Wiley Coyote versus the mm. um, whatever his name is, the bird. The Roadrunner. Roadrunner, where... You know, you're seeing really violent or dangerous situations, and it's all a character with malintent versus a pure soul. So, and even in episode length and situation, it's like just these little small, quick vignettes of this battle between the two of them. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's really what it made me feel like was uh, not the art style, of course, but just the feeling of of that. That's a good parallel because, yeah, she just, she comes up with, like, new creative ways to kill Charlotte, and it never works. It's, like, no matter how, like, yeah, like Tom and Jerry or Roadrunner. Yeah, Bugs, not so much Bugs Bunny, because Bugs Bunny's more of a rascal to uh, Mm -hmm. Elmer Fudd, but definitely the, like, innocent versus the, the one with malintent, that whole dynamic, and seeing the innocent succeed. What a yeah. great animation show, like animated show engine. You just like you're always gonna have one character try to kill another one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it really works very well, especially when the one character has like a specific way. You have Acme with Wiley e. Coyote, the fiends with uh, this, and there's a million iterations of that. Were you a fan of Looney Tunes? I was. Um, I yeah, I liked Roadrunner, so I guess. I, yeah, similarly, maybe I like seeing pe- people in pain, <laughs> but <laughs> I, I do feel like going back to your question about who the audience is, Sasha, I, 
it is darker than those. And I don't know if it's because it's people. And but also the setting is so dark, like the colors are really dark. The town, like the townspeople in, you know, like in Roadrunner, everyone else seems happy. And it's mm. it's just like the Roadrunner that's terrorized and he's happy. And then just the coyote is upset. But in this one, it's like Vendetta is gets angry and frustrated. But also the whole town is terrified. They're all living, you know, they're all cowering and living in this this gray town. Yeah, I think it's that setting that makes it really kind of sad and disturbing. More so even than the fiends trying to kill, um, mm-hmm. uh, what, what was the, Charlotte. Charlotte. That is less dark to me than the setting and like the sad drab city, the um, uh, post-Bush era America. <laughs> or any time Siberia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, Joe, are you familiar with the show at all, or is the first time you saw it? It was the first time, but the name sounded so familiar. Perhaps that's just because the pun name. Maybe I've even heard like a song I, called no, Making I, Fiends. No, or I know something. what it is. What is we it? We saw a Werner Herzog movie. Oh, yeah. My yeah. Best Fiend. <laughs> My Best Fiend. Maybe it's that. Yeah, I was like, okay, this sounds familiar. But of course, like around when this show was out, I wasn't watching TV at all. You were 12. Uh, I was 12, yes. <laughs> I was just like a young Charlotte or Vendetta. I'm not sure <laughs> which one I was. Um, so it totally skipped my radar. And then, of course, it's so short. I, it feels like it's a, like, if you know, you love it. But if you don't know it, it just doesn't come up. So, yeah, this is my first time watching it. Yeah, I, I haven't seen it either before. It's the first time. But I, I do you, in general, Shane, I love crude animation. I, and I, I keep referring to this crude animation. I, I don't know if that's the correct way to put it. But feels kind of crude, right, to me? Am I yeah. am I offending anybody's feelings? No, I think that's... I use lo-fi All right. in, in that situation, <laughs> just to not offend any animators. It also, just to kind of show me that, again, you have a different opinion. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> what would it be if we weren't battling in some way? Uh, yeah. Is it, is it something that you... That the kind of animation you're interested in, Shana, or are you secretly watching... Uh, you know, Snow White and Seven Gnomes. <laughs> <laughs> so in dwarves. Is it dwarves or gnomes? It's dwarves. Oh, yeah. yeah. Although I would in say Russia. that's lo-fi, too. I don't know. Oh, really? It feels like <laughs> now, nowadays, looking back at Snow White, it feels so simple. Mm. Well, then, uh, back then, too, they would actually film people and then draw over the film to get the shapes uh, to, or to get the movement. Oh. Mm. So I would uh, disagree with you on it being lo-fi back then, <laughs> but um, I, I do see your point. It's not as, you know, robustly animated as some crazy stuff now that they're using computers for. Yeah, I mean, I definitely, I obviously couldn't do any of it, but I I don't know. I don't, I actually don't watch that much animation. Um, there is this, I, I like absurd things. Um, so there's this thing, this Big Top Burgers on YouTube that my brother showed me. Um, it's just like really weird. It's about this kind of creepy burger truck um, and the owner. And I, so I like things like that that are, so it's, it's not. Called, it's an animation sh- animated show called Big Top Burgers. Yeah, and they just have a couple episodes. Um, mm. But it's just, it doesn't make any sense. Like he, 
like they're trying to serve the customer burgers and they're like, where's the grill? And the boss just took it. Like he plucked it out and he's, they're all clowns. And he, he's like grilling something for his daughter. It's just, it's like really weird, absurd. Um, so I don't think I specifically like crude or lo-fi animation, but it's just, I, this one, maybe because I don't watch it that much. So I really like this one because it's, it's like different than what I normally watch. Have you seen a TV show called Mr. Pickles, an animated TV show? No. It's uh, about a border collie that lives with his family. And he is like a good boy. And like he's a good boy in the family. But he's also like a devil. And he like murders everybody around. Like other people that are not family. So he constantly would like kill somebody and then like draw like a pentagram and in, in blood on the ground <laughs> or something like it's constant it's like really bloody uh but he's a good boy to like his his owners and the, the kid um i don't know you might enjoy it too i don't know why i thought of it but it, it's just it's it's not as lo-fi but it's it's definitely absurd and like okay what is going on in this world the rules are very violent and uh kind of wacky yeah, I love this style, lo-fi animation because uh, I do a lot of this for work. Uh, this is flash-based, I believe, both like the web series and the um, even the Nickelodeon show. They, I think, they still did it in Flash. And the problem with that is like when you're doing typical animation, like if you see a character, let's say, spin 360 degrees, that's really difficult to do. You have to have the, all the frames, but you can find ways to hide it hide movement but still evoke it there's a scene in i believe in the first episode when charlotte's driving to school and you see the car going over hills then disappearing behind hills then coming back around and that's i love seeing that stuff because it's such a smart way to get around having to see a car actually change perspective you're Mm -hmm. hiding when the car would turn and then your brain is still putting it all together and that's what i have to do for my work i'll have to have superhero characters like leap but then when they change from leaping into drop kicking i have to put something in front of the character that way we're not showing every frame of them moving so that stuff i really mm-hmm. love seeing stuff like this where you're able to see okay how can we most economically animate this um and of course this isn't an action cartoon so you know, That's you can, cool, though. You can get yeah. away with a lot more than if you were doing like a superhero cartoon. So I love this type of stuff. What are other lo-fi animation examples? South Park, certainly. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got, of course, the budget now to do whatever the fuck they wanted anyway, but especially early South Park. But they love to still knock them out fast. Yeah. In they, a couple of days, yeah. Yeah, they, they've definitely do it for a reason i'm trying to think what else well adult swim at some point if you go like an adult swim list of all the animated shows that they've ever put up um you can probably do it also on tvtropes.org website Mm. you will see there's lists giant list of shows that you've never seen before or heard of but it's so crude. Like, they, like I'm, I'm sorry, like, not lo-fi. Crude, like, hand-drawn yeah. animation. But, like, series of, like, 12 episodes or whatever. Like, it existed at some point. It was out. There's something about a mouse that kept getting drunk or something. I can't remember what it was. But I remember watching being like, this is... I, 
how is this on TV? But like in the most like respect way, like, wow, like they put that on TV. God bless. <laughs> Hashtag God bless. Yeah, like yeah. so crazy. That, that's actually a great network to talk about with lo-fi and animation because Aqua Teen Hunger Force, I would say that it's like mm. all that Love flat, it. like one angle is what you're seeing mm-hmm. and um, home movies. Uh, have you ever seen home movies? Yes, I actually have. I, I like home movies. Yes. And home movies is interesting because it's um, you. You'll know it for the squiggly lines. The characters are all like constantly moving because they're squiggly lines. Mm-hmm. But, but that's just an effect put on top of it that gives a higher detail of motion and animation. So your brain mm. thinks, oh, th- someone animated this thing mm. even though it's just a still image that's the the edges are waving obviously cool. i like this stuff a <laughs> lot <laughs> yeah and i just find found out the name of the show that i referred to uh that is specifically very crude animation uh it's called 12 ounce mouse oh yeah. i remember the name but I never yeah, watched it yeah i mean I will just uh, like literally. I'm gonna, and I don't. It's it's only gonna be for Shana and Joe. But if you click <laughs> on it, you will see the quality of <laughs> oh god, oh, wow. are in it. Yeah, like really. <laughs> what? <laughs> like, yeah, what I could not on? correct you in saying that's lo-fi. That is are crude. They, are they holding guns? Are they <laughs> probably? Um, there's there's all kinds of stuff going on. Nobody can follow it, but I'm sure that's the beauty of it, right? Like that's the the fact that that absurd show exists or existed mm-hmm. at some point makes me happy. Like makes me mm-hmm. it, it tickles me. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't need to be perfect <laughs> to get on air. It can <laughs> no. just exist. It's like even better that it's not perfect. Just this this mouse's expression. Yeah. Ah, uh, 12 ounce yeah. miles. I just, like, now that I'm looking up, like, how long did that show go for? Like, 31 episodes? 31 episodes and two specials. <laughs> Making things. Specials, wow. <laughs> uh, so, okay, so here's the, here's the example. I, I'm just going to read this. I don't, I don't even know if this, we're going off topic, but this is an example. Mm, the series revolves around Mouse Fitzgerald, nicknamed Fitz, an alcoholic mouse who performs odd jobs so he can buy more beer. Together with his chinchilla companion, Skillet, Fitz begins to recover suppressed memories that he once had a wife and a child who have now vanished. That's this leads him to seek answers about his past and the shadowy forces that seem to be manipula- manipulating his world, which is a fantastic description. It makes me so happy. Like, it's brilliant. Uh, yeah, I know how I'm going to spend my night after I... <laughs> yeah, I might have to check it out as uh. well. <laughs> and when I read something like that, or like when I see an excerpt, and I, I remember stumbling against, you know, upon upon 12 Ounce Mouse, and again, in, similar to what I think this show is that we're talking about here, um, Making Fiends, is that it's... It also, like, reminds me why animation is different. Like, why animators are like different people. So when I ha- have a thought or I have a student who is writing a show that they want to, they're like, well, maybe it should be animation. There is a world where that works. Like F is for Family could probably be a fine live action show. Mm-hmm. 
like you know there's certainly things that they're doing with animation but it could probably be just fine as a live action show but for true animation minds like like what we see in the in examples of making fiends or 12 ounce mouse or you know rick and morty like really like those peeps like you just you, it's it's a, it's a different brain work at work like i i truly believe that it's a different brain at work when they kind of approach the world in this absolute like it could be anything absurdity and and then mouse who's drinking himself to death and then he starts recovering suppressed memories by his (laughs) wife like that's i would have never thought of that maybe maybe the difference is that in tv in live action like scrubs there are there are moments that are are like wouldn't be live action but it's not the heart of the show like those absurd moments aren't that they're just like special moments whereas animation it's like every scene that's like the where it starts from that's like the focal point are these weird absurd i don't know if that makes sense yeah no that makes sense because there's shows that i watch even i went to my friend uh, who's a tv writer she had a screening of her episode on proud family that uh, louder and prouder that just came out on disney and i loved the episode it was really fun and at the same time i was watching it being like "Mm, it could also be a live action at many places like mm. not the whole thing it, it actually had like a cool surreal element that was written well and i enjoyed it but i was like i can see how they're like every shot they are like making more, more animation-y like they're making it more animation-y because they can as opposed to with the mouse and the beer that he's trying to buy there's just no way in reality that you can like you know like find a way to do it in life yeah it'd be too action. expensive and look not funny yeah. or fun. It's just not the DNA of the show, really, like, to like, try to do it like action. I think you get the best, uh, or best in terms of weird animation when it's animator writer. Like, not a writer mm. writing animation, because that's when you get, you know, like, oh, I just want an alien character who lives with a family. It's like, yep, well, that yep. could be. But when you Very have Seth MacFarlane kind you know, of yeah, when you have mm-hmm. the animator who's writing it and creating it, like this was the web series mm-hmm. that I'm sure was small team, like the one a- Amy Winfrey, I think it is, mm-hmm. leading and her it husband, all. And mm-hmm. he, yeah, he voiced all the male characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like I would bet if you even grabbed uh, Flash, which I think is called Animate now, it's not even Flash anymore, and started, and you had to write a story using, and you were going to produce it with that you're going to write a different story than if someone just said, hey, here's final draft, go write a mm-hmm. script that will be animated. It just, it works differently uh, than Yeah, uh, right. Um, yeah, because it, there's shows that I really love, the animated shows like Gennady Tartakovsky's basically, uh, Primal and... Um, also, the show that he was partially involved in, although not the creator, of course, is Steven Universe. Like, they have no scripts. They are shows that um, every, epi- every episode is story, like, based on storyboard. Storyboard is their blueprint that they go mm-hmm. by. So, like, that's, like, to me, is, like, high, masterful animators at work. They just think in storyboards and then they elevate it into a TV show. And then maybe you can transcribe it into a script. 
but it starts not with the writer's brain. It starts almost like with pictures, right? Like even though the story is ingrained in it, but it's delivered through a different medium than words on the paper. How do you outline a storyboard? How do you? Uh, I wouldn't know. I, I wouldn't want know, but I would be curious to curious to know how that works. I think because uh, I've uh, talked to a couple dude who dudes who do like Ben Ten and whatnot, and they'll do like an, just paragraph outlines. Mm. Where it's just like the basic story. You might just have one sheet of the outline of the whole 12 minute episode. Um, but it's not really getting, it's not really script form and all that. Because uh, then you can go crazy with it and just animate it. Like, hey, there's a big fight scene here inside of an aquarium. That's all you need to put. And then, hey, they'll figure out how to do a cool fight scene. No one wants to read, like, throws a punch. <laughs> dodges the punch you know we don't want to we don't want to no, read that baby stepping no baby stepping like a yeah movement by movement kind of thing it's not interesting to read yeah yeah and the fact that those like the pr- writing and production are happening at the same time in animation uh it reminds me a lot of when a director writes their script that they're going to direct it's written mm. way different than someone who just writes a script that's going to then be sold and read to people like I'm reading uh, the hateful eight script right now and it's all it's not a very fun read because every action line is like specific camera movements and angles Mm. yeah Uh, so you almost have to read it slower because you're really visualizing what he's doing you'd never do that or want to do that if you're just writing a script Mm-mm. So it feels like those right. are kind of these weird levels of it that uh, it's like, what is your vision? And with animation, mm. the writing and vision of the end product kind of happen at the same time. You um, you write graphic novels, right? Is it is mm-hmm. it similar at all, that process? Uh, generally, you'll write, it, write the script uh, and break it down by panel, like panel one, angry face, and here's the dialogue and whatnot. Um, but depending on your team and the artist you're working with, sometimes they'll just kind of do their own thing using what you wrote as a as a generalized template. And you hope that they're good, you know, as far as, like, story and getting it. Uh, and then others will, like, stick really close to what you wrote. Um, so it's kind of... I'd say it's not as much like what you'd see with... Uh, uh, Steven Universe or something like that. Um, but then again, you have um, uh, artists who draw their own comics as well and, you know, write them. And in that case, I think it's a lot more like that, where they're they're writing with images in mind and cl- very clear images because they know what they can draw mm-hmm. versus me having to assume what you, I, what you might draw and, like, Artists never, they never, even when I draw, write it out specifically, they never draw it what I thought in my mind. Because what I thought in my mind isn't really a real thing anyway. Mm-hmm. It's like a dream. It, mm-hmm. it is like a blurry dream, right? Like, and b- blurry, I mean, like literally, like what, what you have in your mind is not what's going to be on the paper, right? Yeah, because like, I'm an okay drawer. A, a lot of the times for artists, I'll do a sketch. But even the sketch, I'm like, that's not how it's supposed to look. Mm-hmm. But I hope <laughs> that they figure it out. Because, <laughs> you know, perspective and shit like that that I'm not going to nail. 
with my do drawings. Do you sometimes do you sometimes get like if you your eyes closed and sometimes it happens if you're like on hallucinogenics. So, but it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be. It could be like just in the space from going to sleep and waking up or vice versa. You get like a picture in your brain of something drawn very detailed. Very detailed, very precise. And you're like, wow, how do I know how to draw this so well somewhere in my brain? But like even if my hand took the pencil, I would never be able to draw it. But I for get some that. reason I see the detail. Mm. Isn't that weird? Like yeah. like almost like macro and you're like, is that even my brain that knows how to draw that? It's what am so I talking weird. about? Do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I know. Now? I it's like for me, it's when I'm about to fall asleep. Yeah. And I see, and I sometimes I see moving images too, and I see like all these wild creatures and different like things that I've never seen before. It's just like my but brain is so inventing detailed. these things. They're so good, yeah, right? Like detailed. they're so high qual. Talk about mm-hmm. low f- uh, hi-fi. Hi-fi. Yeah. yeah, that's that's as hi-fi as it gets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that happens a lot if I'm immersed in something. Like let's say I've watched fucking 15 hours straight of South Park, for example. Mm. Then I'll go to sleep and like I am seeing South Park images clearly yeah. that never existed before. Yeah. I have a really bad one. Sorry. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I have, when I do, I when I do, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> I like that preface. I have a really bad one. <laughs> like to poo? When I did Candy Crush, I did it so much that when I stared at people's uh, faces, their faces yeah. would become Candy Crush. Yeah. And yeah. I would see, I would like imagine their nose going up to meet their eyes sure. to make three in a row. And I totally. couldn't unsee it. It was I was like, this is a sign. I need to take a break. Yeah, totally. I think um, that's like the red flag solely <laughs> that you're watching or taking in too much of something. And then you have to decide if that's a bad thing, right? Candy mm-hmm. Crush is pretty obvious to decide. Okay, what's this <laughs> value getting? But yeah, it's like, what are you doing? If you study a lot, then you're like literally seeing everything in textbook vision mm-hmm. and shit. I do. Uh, so, yeah. yeah, I do I it with want- reading too. If I if I read something and I'm really into it, sometimes yeah. when I write, I'll write in their style. Have sure. you either of you had that? Sure, oh, but I feel like but I feel like that's as writers in this room, yeah. uh, we we tend to have more likely. And like my question is, people who are visual, like like really visual, like you know, Gennady, I'm saying in Russian, like Gennady Tartakovsky, like. What is like, is his brain more likely to see those details like when he closes his eyes and he's falling asleep? Mm. Then, like, to me, it happens once every like six months where I see that crazy detail or whatever that might be. But to me, yeah, picking up on somebody's voice as a writer, like, that just feels natural, right? Like, that's just how I, my brain is wired to do that, slash trained. And I know for sure that um, in animation, there's definitely like, a line like with joy you were talking about how like you can draw but like maybe you're not an amazing artist so then you feel like there's a ceiling for you in some way right like to communicate maybe or it's definitely like a, a line in animation business like in tv or film animation because i have a friend who is uh he's a comic book writer he's writer director showrunner but he he like is a writer for comic books, but he can draw, but like not well. And he should be, in my mind, an animated animated series or film director because he is like a great director's mind. And I asked him the other day, I'm like, why don't you, you know, pursue that like more aggressively? And he's like, 
because there's like a limit where like the directors who get to animate usually are all they have to like know how to draw really well i don't mm. know if it's a rule across the board but that's mm. something he's been like running into a lot so as a writer who cannot draw really well you in that business like have some limits maybe or maybe you you know slightly pigeonholed towards writing more than being opened into the directing or something that requires supposedly for you to have the actual you know sleight of hand of drawing hmm she actually the writer of this was the director in bojack horseman i saw that so and kinda. i love bojack yeah and one of the episodes that she did was directed that she was anime um emmy episode i think i mean yeah right? mm-hmm. yeah the, i think it was like the last one that she ever directed was yeah bojack is definitely an awesome awesome show talk about like a show that well <laughs> definitely hi-fi animation but oh well hi-fi enough right pretty hi-fi yeah and but then also they have uh like you you feel like well they came up they came up the guy who came up with the show he invented the show he came up with the idea of the half the characters are going to be birds and and animals and stuff like that birds are animals sasha so (laughs) (laughs) disagree (laughs) but that's for another episode so i i don't know like that that doesn't seem inherent in the dna of the show the fact that there's like half of the cast is animals i don't know maybe it does maybe it is haven't thought of it like that like how animated how animated is this show like what would be like it's almost like a game right a question how animated is this animated show Bojack Horseman, pretty animated, but not crazy animated, like 12-ounce mouse. Although I would like to see that as a live action with human actors just dressed up as animals, like really Mm. bad costumes. Yeah. That's the type of thing Adult Swim would do as well, like, I feel. Like, they would have a show that's just like one of those shitty horse masks, (laughs) you know, those, like, the way it's, like, flopping a little bit (laughs) because there's no filling inside. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I, I could see that maybe working for something like BoJack Horseman. But yeah, to circle it back to making fiends, it's like oh. you have these fiends. You couldn't really make those no. in a real life situation. Uh, so, And killing chil- trying to kill children as well. <laughs> There's right, also it that. Different. It, it, it changes the tone when it's live action. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And child actors as well. I feel like animation is mm-hmm. really great for making child characters that are feel real and well-rounded because it's just hard to get mm. child actors that are solid for every oh, type yeah. of tone. Mm. Or just period. Period, like, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They usually suck, child actors. <laughs> they really do. It's true. Like, I'm always amazed when there's a live-action movie that has a child actor as, like, the star that's like, oh, shit, they, they really nailed it. Mm-hmm. Or and they just—they don't—they don't always nail it. Go ahead. Yeah, or they're just playing their personality, and that's—that's mm-hmm. that's what they can do. Yeah, which is still a lot to say. Mm-hmm. Um, well, is there anything else we haven't talked about? We covered like the medium. Of we animation. talked more about <laughs> lo-fi animation than uh, the show, so. <laughs> but you know, it's love expressed, um, and it covers making fiends. Oh. Um, yeah. I have. There's an interesting theory I read um, mm. that the reason that Charlotte doesn't seem to care about dying um, 
uh, is because she thinks, she kind of hints at it in one of the episodes that we saw, um, when she says her parents are in a better place, and then she says they're astronauts, but the theory is that actually they're in heaven, and so that's why she's, she's, doesn't care if she's killed. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, because they, I don't think they ever resolve, like, are they astronauts or not, right? Like, they mm-hmm. just, and like, she lives with her grandma, her parents are astronauts, like, is it true? Are they dead? Is she delusional? Yeah, mm-hmm. she is delusional otherwise, and she's so optimistic and never thinks that anyone dies or gets harmed. So it, it makes sense. It fits. She's what I call shit-eating positive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nothing, nothing can... Like, she doesn't notice things. Like, she blocks them out in, in denial about things that are harmful to her, even. Yeah. And, like, the worse it is, the more excited she is, almost. Mm-hmm. What, I have a question for you both. Yeah. What character would you be oh, if you were... <laughs> yeah. Like, do you think, am I, am I Charlotte or Vendetta? Is that the kind of question? Or would I be... Any like, of them. You, okay. It could be Mr. Milk. Uh, you could be... What is it? Giant kitty? It could be huh. Buttons the hamster. But Like, truly am or want to be? Like, what is the question? Truly am. Oh, I yeah. don't know. You can say you want to be. Okay, either of you have an answer? Ooh, it, it's, it's really tough because, like, I have been vendetta <laughs> at times. Uh, I think I try to be Charlotte at times. But I think if I was really to give in to to myself without worry, if I had power, I'd be a vendetta. <laughs> Don't give me power ever because I will be a monster. Wow. But you know, Charlotte actually causes more harm than vendetta. It could be argued. And everybody starts hating her, right? Well, it's like there's, a, there's an episode where their parents get swapped. So vendetta's parents go to Charlotte because Vendetta feeds them one bean a day and traps them in a cage. Um, and then uh, Vendetta kidnaps Charlotte's grandmother. Um, and the parents are like, Vendetta's parents love to be a Charlotte, but by the end they hate it because she, she puts them on like a roller coaster and she, she just like puts them in all these near-death experiences, like almost drowns them, just like basically tortures them, but she thinks they're having fun. It's- wow. The show is really an analysis of feminism through Jordan Peterson's <laughs> idea of masculine order and feminine chaos. That's exactly what I... And, yeah. uh, Bless you. You can quote me on that. You can cancel me on that, too. Uh, I'll take the giant kitty. Giant kitty, yeah. Yeah. What about you, Shana? I, I know. I want to say Charlotte's so annoying, so I don't want to be her. I'm but. just not... Yeah, it's just... I mean, not, none of us is Charlotte, just, just so you know. Okay, like we, we aren't, right? No, I don't think so. No. No. It's, you know, Charlotte's intent. Whatever her, what okay. happens with her intent is mm-hmm. maybe negative mm-hmm. or positive, but her intent, I think, is what you have to look at. Yeah, I think I can be too optimistic, but I don't think I'm that. And I do like to annoy, you know, she like annoys Vendetta. Like, I do mm-hmm. like to annoy, you know, like my friends or my siblings, mm-hmm. I like to kind of bother them. But I do it intentionally, so mm-hmm. maybe I'm a little vendetta. We're all a little vendetta, a little Charlotte. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> a little so, big kitty. Yeah. A little bit a little bit of all of it. Yeah. yeah. A little Mr. Milk. <laughs> we're all a little Mr. Milk here. We're there. all I, more Mr. Milk. Sadly, <laughs> we're more Mr. Milk than anything. As we age, we just become more that. 
<laughs> more into Mr. Milk. <laughs> oh, I love the name Mr. Milk, by the way. It like makes me so happy. Yeah. I also appreciate that the Eastern European accent of Vendettas is done by an Eastern European actor. It's a big one for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Representation matters. It really does, because otherwise it sounds uh, very cookie cutter and fake to me, and it sounds like anybody's doing an impression of that accent, and she's actually doing something really interesting. They, yeah, another fun fact, um, originally they wanted her to be Charlotte, um, but she didn't like to sing. <laughs> so, uh, it fits the Eastern, evil Eastern European uh, female, like a witch, fits more with the vendetta, it, I think. Yeah, it's so stereotypical. I think that's one of my marks against the show. But but in in the world of the show where there's so many things are all mixed together, it doesn't you know, you know, it, it it's still like it's unique. It feels unique. Yeah. Are um, we ready for the ratings? I think we're ready for the ratings. How do they work? This is how the ratings work. We're going to rate Making Fiends on a scale of 0 to 10 using something else as our scale. So you could rate it on other kids' animation shows. Hey, this kids' animation show is a 5, but Making Fiends is 10. Or you could even say, hey, chocolate chip cookies make me feel good. They're a 10, and this show makes me feel good, too. It's a 10. So it really doesn't matter. It's all about what you choose. And if that doesn't make sense, guess what? Me Never does. and Sasha <laughs> will go first. So I'll go with um, a formative kid show for me that is off-kilter and uh, more adult. And that's Ren and Stimpy. Mm-hmm. So of course, mm-hmm. that started as an adult show and then was brought to kids' TV, which is very unhinged and funny to me <laughs> but let's uh that's how it was introduced to me was as a kid's show loved ren and stimpy it's totally bizarre awful and not for kids at all <laughs> i'm gonna have to give that a 10 it's just one of those shows that i think does stand the test of time as far as a cultural landmark now making fiends This is a really good show, a really charming show. And I think it is that simple premise that plays out over and over and over again. You know what you're going to get. You're going to get Vendetta trying to kill Charlotte and Charlotte overcoming. I think I really appreciate that. I, uh, you know, the wish the show was longer, more episodes. um, So it's harder to judge it, you know, against something with longer. But I'd say it's something I would... uh, Suggest to anybody, I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10. Really solid Hmm. show. I'm going to compare Making Fiends to Werner Herzog's Uh. (laughs) (laughs) now. No, I'm going to compare it to Earthworm Jim. Oh, Mm. nice Uh, cutty. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Well, Which was based on the video game series, the same name, right? Which I didn't play. But I didn't play, although I did watch the YouTube like a recording of how that game is played just so I could understand it better. But I was very enamored with Earthworm Jim. Like I was very, yeah, I watched only a few episodes. Um, mm. But I, I, I like, I, I'm so happy it exists. That show. That's <laughs> so, you know, that's so weird to me. I never thought that Sasha Filer would say 
she's a fan of the Earthworm Jim cartoon series. That's out of left field for me. I'm full of surprises and um, <laughs> babies inside me. Yeah, so, yeah, that show, Earthworm Jim, for those who don't know, it follows the adventures of the t- t- titular titular character mm-hmm. who battles the forces of evil using a robotic suit. So I really like that show. Again, I didn't watch a whole lot of it, but as I watched it, I was just happy that it exists. I'm going to create an interesting scale for it. A girth earth, a gir- against Earthworm Jim, I'm going to put both of these shows at an eight. Both Making Fiends and Earthworm Jim are at an eight. Happy they exist. I'm going to take um, Sex in the City. <laughs> I'm going to take Sex in the City <laughs> TV show. I'm, I'm going to create another scale here aggressively. <laughs> Something that uh, a lot of people watch and I don't think needs to exist in the world. <laughs> I'm not saying it, that it's a bad thing that like corrupts minds, but it's an example of, um, or like American Idol. Like just, <laughs> just bad because I'm calling out things that have Yeah, we've the had these. <laughs> but the I'm just saying before. it's like things that like celebration of mediocrity. Celebration of mediocrity, which for me falls into Sex in the City. I still don't know if it's in the city or and the city. I can never tell. Um, and you know, American Idol, all those things that's just you know easy digestion. Don't make you wonder about anything in the world besides what's right in front of you. I'll give those things two, and then both Earthworm Jim and the Twelve Ounce Mouse and everything else breaks the scale. This, what is it? Scale goes to eleven. <laughs> to quote. Unhinged. <laughs> Unhinged. I am on fire. I am just. I just want. I just want to see art on TV. Like when I see true art, even if it fails on TV, I'm like, that's pretty awesome that a TV network let these people have their moment. Like that's so great. It's. I. Adult Swim is the best. Shane, and more importantly, what about you? <sighs> I'm still stuck on. Is it Sex in the City or Sex and the City? It's I, like the I, Mandela effect, like yeah, Bernstein, really Bernstein Bears. We don't you, know. We had an episode about it, and oh, we, we discussed it, and we still don't know. <laughs> you could put a gun to my head and ask me, <laughs> and I would not know. Sex in? Hmm. Um, okay, well, my... Uh, so one thing I'm going to rate it against is Recess. So that's one of one of the three shows I had growing up, and Proud Family, which you talked about before. Oh, um, cool, cool. Yeah, on ABC. Uh, Recess, I'm going to give a five. Uh I loved it at the time, um, but I think now I would, I, I just remember my mom saying how stupid it was. She would get so mad that we'd watch it. She just hated it. Yeah. And I feel like as an adult, I might feel, you know, maybe looking back now, I would feel similar. Um, Bob's Burgers, which isn't a kid's show, but is an animated show I love. Um, I would give a 10. Um, and Making Fiends, I would give a 9. Um, because it isn't, it's only one season, um, there's not quite as much narrative, which I like, um, and sometimes the songs are too much, they're like a little bit too cheerful, that's my only, but I love it, it's like so, it brings me so much joy, I love the fiends, I love the weird, all the weird details, um, so it's, it's a high nine. Great. Uh, where does yeah. Proud Family, the original one, go on the scale? Oh, I yeah, I, maybe an eight, mm. just because I I loved it as a kid, and I it's been so long since I saw it, so I don't know if I would still if it would still 
um, like when I was young, it was a 10, but now I'm, you know. Right, yeah. Well, now that I'm so wise and mature. And, yeah, yeah, but check out the new version. Um, I At least the episode that I saw that my friend, former episode, former guest of Shut Up, I Love It, friend mm. of the show, uh, Ashley, she wrote, it's really surreal and fun. Uh, you know, if we, as far as like a Disney show would go, like I was just like blown away by how, how fun it was. It's, yeah, it's louder and prouder, right? Mm-hmm. I'm, yeah, I'm excited to watch that. Right. So many reboots. <sighs> We're talking about so many animated, animated shows. I'm very excited. I feel like this episode should be named and will be named Making Fiends and Lo-Fi Animation, if that's okay with you all. Shayna, thank you so much for returning to Shut Up, I Love It like a tr- true trooper <laughs> coming back. Strong. Thank you so much for having me. I love it. I have yeah, so many really shows to watch now. episode where we've twisted and turned into different topics. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, maybe we should twist a little more. <laughs> Something to think about. Uh, but for now, Shayna, is there anything uh, the world should know about? Uh, any plugs? Any socials to share? Um, yes, I am at Shayna Shenanza or at Shenanza with an H um, on Instagram and Twitter. I couldn't tell you which one on which, but <laughs> uh, I'm out there. Uh, we, we still don't know if Sex in the City or Sex <laughs> in the City. So a lot of things will not be. Yeah. We still don't know if it's eight, eight episodes. Yeah, it's six. Know. I looked it up. It's six. It's, oh, okay. There you yeah. go. I, and again, um, I disagree with that. But, um, <laughs> As well. you should. Just to create a little conflict on Shut Up, I Love It. Joe, what is going on with you? Oh, you know, just go to JoeCabea.com. Check out Beat It Movie Reviews, my movie review podcast, where I just yeah. shoot the shit with Chris Soda about movies. That's it. Yeah. It, it sounded like you were going to say more, but it, I was wrong. It did. <laughs> but more is less. Ah, thank you, Elizabeth Salute, for the artwork. Thank you, Mr. Owl, for this amazing track. And thank you for listening.